Big D and Bubba, they have a show five days a week, but they don't get to say everything that's on their minds, so they have an extra one, and that's how we get the podcast, the podcast, the podcast, Big D and Bubba podcast, the podcast, the podcast, Big D and Bubba podcast. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of our great broadcast that we're about to place in front of you. Yo. Um, And before we get started, we want to say thanks to our friends uh, who have uh, been with us. You know, Red Wing uh, Shoes came on and... uh, For the show, not really for the podcast. Yeah, they came for the show and um, sent us some shoes and some boots. I have a pair of boots. Watch, I'm going to pull them out here because... They are the official sponsor of today's podcast. I just also. pulled them out of my truck. They were in the back. Um, I've got these Red Wing hiking boots, which I didn't even know the Red Wing had hiking boots. And, oh, they are the podcast sponsor, too? Yes, they are. Oh, I thought we were just talking about them because they were cool. Uh, but they're waterproof. They've got the electrical hazard thing going. But these are like the baddest ever. And and by baddest, I mean the good, uh, bestest. Uh, but they're like so awesome. You know whenever you put on a new pair of boots... There's that break-in period, and it's the worst thing. Mm-hmm. These things, dude. I went out and I did like five miles, and it was like they were. It was like they were like shoes that I've had for the longest time. I I like how when you ordered boots, you both went in the opposite direction. Like Bubba got outdoorsy looking hiking. D got some really cool looking, yeah. like they almost like dress shoes, but they're boots. They're yeah, like durable. That's really cool looking. Yeah, yeah. we are stuff. different. Uh, so we want to get out their uh, their little ad here um, because they're an awesome sponsor. Red Wing Shoes. Work is craft. Work is teamwork. Work is trust. And you really care about your work. Work is Red Wing Boots. They are purposely built for the exact work you do. Red Wing Shoes. Work is our work. We don't do a whole lot of work. Uh, <laughs> this so is it's not our, really purposely built for our kind of work. I'm <laughs> lacing mine up here. And this Look at is, my... My red, red, red wing uh, uh, flip flops, <laughs> dude. I, you know, you wouldn't believe um, how many different styles they ha- and and it's like turning into a big giant thing. But if you go to their website, you would freak out when you see all the other stuff they have on there. It's not just work boots. They got, like I said, I, like I got the hiking boots, and they've got all these like dress shoes and really cool things. So, how was y'all's week? Uh, it was good. It was um, a little frustrating. We're doing this diet bet where we're trying to lose 4% of our body weight in four weeks. So we have 28 days uh, to drop X amount of pounds. And I, I think, what am I losing? Like, uh, I have like 11 and a half, something like that, pounds. Dude, you lost almost half of it in the first week. Well, I know, but that's the problem. In the first week I did, this week I gained a pound on or on Monday when we did the weigh-in. I had, uh, I had lost a pound, but I gained that pound back by Tuesday, and it is still with me right now. Oh, poor thing, a whole pound. No, but the thing is, when you're in this contest, the diet bet, we've got 50 bucks each on the line. And when you're in the contest, the idea is to get down to where you're supposed to be, your target weight, and then keep going a little bit. That way you're safe. I'm going to tell you the truth. Dr. Oz made me think, he got in my head, man, about the, the lap band surgery. Are you thinking about doing it? I was. My doctor tried to talk me into it twice. I was amazed. First of all, the the adjustable thing was crazy. But it's not as easy as just oh, you can adjust it just well, to go on vacation. Before we say adjust, let's you know. let's preface it with what Doctor Oz said. He said lap band, they leave a port, a little thing that they can go into your stomach and make adjustments on the fly. Like let's say you are going on vacation, you can go to your doctor, and your doctor can actually 
add fluid or take fluid away and give your stomach a little more space. Yes, I said that right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when you go on vacation, you can eat a little more and all that. And then when you come back, you go back to your doctor. And I don't know if it's a full-on surgical pr- procedure or if it's just they go into that port like laparoscopically and do it whatever. Yeah, that's but, how it is. It's but it's still it's not something you can do yourself. It's not like they put a button on you and you can just <laughs> like like Reebok pumps. <laughs> I'm pump my stomach up before I start yeah. eating, so I'm not too hungry. Yeah. So where are you standing? Where do you uh, are you thinking? Like, what percentage are you of? Doing I'm that? I'm fifty fifty now. I was never that. I was never anything above ten percent before. I don't know. So you, here's, you, here's what my doctor told me. She says, here's how I know you're a good candidate for this. It's not that you can't lose weight. It's that you can't keep it off. You have a real problem sticking to something more than six to eight months. Because think, how many times have I lost 100 pounds? Think about how crazy it is to lose 100 pounds. Yeah. I have done that five times in my life. That's I'm crazy. only 34 years old. I've lost 50 pounds or in one shot at least 10 times. It is so, crazy the way Patrick... Can lose weight, uh, but yet at the same time, and you do it fast, since, which is insane. Since July, since my birthday in July, I have gained sixty-five pounds in nine months. So basically, uh, about eight pounds a month. Oh my! I mean, so um, I don't know. Are you going to be in a movie? Or are you trying to bulk up for a role or something? No, it ain't that kind of thing. <laughs> what he said that got to me was he said it's the most under used surgical procedure in the United States, considering the health problems we have, considering how small the side effects are for lap band, not bypass. Uh, you know, usually it's the benefits outweigh any risk because being he, he even said, 30, 40, 50 pounds overweight yeah. can be more detrimental to your health than any side effects of, of lap band surgery. Yeah, he said if you're like 50 pounds overweight and you've got issues with uh, thyroid or Diabetes or anything like that, you should definitely uh, talk to your doctor and consider it. I was kind of blown away, and I'm over. I'm a hundred and forty pounds overweight. I was blown away by that because when you think about being overweight, you think morbid, morbidly obese as being where they would draw the line. I, I, it's just it's an interesting take, and my eyes were opened. I mean, granted, I'm you know I'm fifty pounds plus overweight, but I don't think I'm a good candidate because I'm still in pretty good health. You know. I mean, I still run and play softball and uh, basketball. You don't need it. You yeah, I, do I don't it. think I need it because I don't have a problem gaining and losing weight. I've just been slowly creeping up. I need to bring my weight down. Yeah. However, Patrick, and I, 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 it almost scares me to say this, but Patrick, I think, is a good candidate for this because of yeah. the fact that you yo-yo. I, I, yo-yoing, I, I, we're told that yo-yoing is the most unhealthy thing possible. Right, Exactly. So, I don't know. It's worth having a conversation. I think maybe when we're done with the diet bed, I'll go ask your talk doctor. To some, ask your doctor if it's right for you. Well, I'm asking you. Well, I'm saying it's right for you. <laughs> four people got that joke, but I hope those four people are Thanks. laughing so hard right now. Get your prescription for Testamax. <laughs> I want to say uh, earlier this week, I went to a, a professional organization meeting for the young entertainment professionals mm-hmm. which you are <clears throat> yeah i was the oldest person there it, or close to it uh, because everyone was in their early 20s and i was by far the fattest person there it was it was difficult is that weighing into your decision on whether or not you well, want to go it just and- sucks i mean it sucks to be the fattest person in a room of a hundred people there's a hundred people standing around this room and i'm seriously i'm not that big i'm not one of these people that 
has to use a scooter or can't no, get off my couch. You're not rotund. No, and I, you know, I'm t- I'm I'm six feet tall. I carry all my weight in my, you know, I don't have a really fat face or really fat hands or you know, I'm I'm lucky. And at the same time, that's how you creep up to. 340-ish pounds yeah. is by being... Were you? Was it even close? Oh, it wasn't even close. Everybody was young and skinny and beautiful. It was awful. You're beautiful. <sighs> did you make any moves on any chicks? No, of course not. Did, I you, make felt... any, did you make any moves? No. Nice. Did you ask them if they're going to eat the rest of their food? <laughs> Thanks. Here's something skinny people never think about. My, my ex-wife was really, really skinny. And she, I had to tell her all the time. We'd be at like a, a wedding or a party, and like some kind of work event, and the buffet would open, and she'd go, oh, I'm so hungry. Let's go eat. I went, no, 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 no. We can't be the first ones in the line. Why not? Because I'm a fat guy. The fat guy can't be the first one in the line. Because yeah, it, it looks too bad. Obvious. It's too yeah. obvious. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Skinny people don't think about that. If you're hungry and you're skinny, you go, oh, the buffet's open. Let me go be the first one in the yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> Can't be the first person lying. I don't like buffets. I really, they kind of gross me out. Buffets used to be okay for me until, I don't know, I reached reached an age where I was like, you know, I don't know. I I kind of caught on to how they do buffets. Like when you think about how long that chicken has been sitting out. Here's the deal. Like my dad would go, let's go to a buffet. Well, dad, it's it's, it's like they're going to close in 30 minutes. Good. That means you're trying to get rid of all that food. That's the worst time to go to a buffet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to go to the buffet at thirty the seconds after they open. Yeah, yep. I'm fine getting there at you know right at right if they open at eleven, getting there at eleven oh five. That's about the only time. Like I'm, I'm in this weird mix of like I don't if I go to a buffet, I don't go to buffets much anymore. But if I ever when I went to one, I've always felt like a slob. I felt like a big fat slob. Yeah. And then you're and kind of ashamed just, to get back and up and go and fill your I'm plate. Sh- yes. But if I go to like these little fancy places, the healthy ones, and they bring and it's a really small amount, I and they put the plate in, in front of me, and there's not much food there, I get kind of like mad, like. <laughs> so I'm in that weird medium of like. I hate fancy restaurants for that reason alone. Uh, yeah, anytime you have some place that is more worried about the presentation than the food, and they bring it out, and your plate has like a really fancy looking display of food in the middle, and they've got drizzle. If they've got room to drizzle crap around it, <laughs> then there's not enough food. That's a problem. That's great. Drizzle but that's that and how put much a, little, a so, little decoration of plant on there, and you're like, what the hell? That's how much you're supposed to eat. Supposed to eat. Yeah. You're well, supposed Kathy to re- eat a small little thing. Kathy, was, uh, she read this thing on this, uh, some lady from France, and she moved to the United States, and she said that in France, they eat very, very slow. Meals are a special. Like Italy, too, they do it. It's, I think mm-hmm. it's a European thing. Yeah, I think it is, too. And they, they don't hurry up. It's very, it's, they savor the food. Like, they'll eat, and they'll just put their fork down and just enjoy and enjoy the company they're around and and man i'm I'm like so into that i like the idea of that it's just i've i have to consciously to think it. that way yeah. yeah you have to really plan i mean at the house Did, we sit down and eat we don't you know we don't go around and you know I, we don't sit at the you know in a chair or whatever did i ever tell you about the time i went to the feast of seven dishes no, it's like a seven-course meal thing. Uh, it was amazing. It's the Italian-American Christmas Eve, and it is the most kick-butt thing I've ever done. Uh, we went to these uh, these people's uh, party, and you know they 
they have like the the dad is a chef, you know, and they had the whole thing and it was seven courses, but they brought it out and each course was totally different. Like they come out with a an appetizer and you're like, oh, this is great, you know, and it's like and you just pass it along the table and everybody takes whatever they want. Then they come back out with a pasta and then like everybody eats a little bit of that. Is there a lot of time in between each one? Yes, there's dancing and time and it's just fun and it's musical and this meal. I mean, they bring out a fish thing later. They bring out a whatever later, and they just keep it coming. And then there was two different desserts they brought out, and you have to eat each one. It was five hours. Five hours of feasting, which sounds crazy. And I know I ate a bunch of food, but I never got full because of the way that we ate and the way it was spaced out and the way that it was planned. It was the coolest thing I'd ever done because it was obviously like uh, – Something that, you know, culturally they'd honed over the last several hundred years and they knew how to serve it in what order to where everybody could literally take part of the feast without getting full. But no one has five hours. Oh, it was fantastic. That's like that's like that's more than a golf round. It was amazing, dude. I'm just telling you, if you were ever invited to a feast of the seven fishes by anybody who is somewhat even remotely somewhat Italian, take them up on it. Sounds very cultish. There was a no. There was a lobster. <laughs> Would you like to go to the feast of the seven? feast of the seven fishes? Oh, dude, hey, no, whoever says to... it has to have an accent because you can't say that without some kind of. That's like something that like uh, you like you're dating a girl you know in college and you don't know her very well and she's from like a different uh, background than you like the and then all of a sudden the I, Buddhist girl in Guam <laughs> oh yeah you know, Bubba's <laughs> Buddhist girl and like after about you know four weeks or so three weeks she's like. I want to invite you to the Feast of Seven Fishes with me and my family. And you're like, oh, that's great. You will find out what your spirit animal is that <laughs> night. And we will we'll do a bloodletting. And it will be, you will become one with my, with my family. Oh, that's, uh, you know what? That sounds really creepy. And, you know, I'm glad I know this now. <laughs> Because run, run. I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of you. Yeah, there was this girl I dated in Guam, Patrick. I don't know if I ever told you this. She, she was beautiful. Wasn't she? Wasn't her dad like? Yeah, you did tell this. Yeah. She was. Yeah. Wow. And anyway, but the whole basic point was is that we couldn't date unless I would go to the temple with her uh, several times and and basically convert to Buddhism. And I'm like, no, nah, I can't do that. Like That's when a- you showed up, did you did you think that they would? Like, pray to you? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, back then, Bubba didn't oh, look like that. That's, that's so, true. It probably actually, didn't work at all. They prayed to my future self. Buddha is here with us today. I'm marrying Buddha. Yeah, it was... Uh, I apologize if that's offensive. I'm so. sure it's I'm offensive. Sure it's very I, offensive you know what? I, I dated for like two weeks. I dated a Vietnamese girl uh, in college. It was a girl I met in high school, and then we ran into each other in college, and we kind of dated for two weeks. Her father... Was totally because she wanted he wanted her to marry a Vietnamese Buddhist doctor, and I was like, I'm never gonna be, be picky or at anything. least two of those things. <laughs> okay, I'm never gonna be Vietnamese or a doctor, and I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna be Buddhist. So this is not gonna work out. Yeah. Did she know that? Did she know that's what her dad wanted? Oh yeah. And did, that, it ma- did she care what her dad wanted? Let me tell you, the first time I went to pick her up because we were in college, so and she didn't live with her parents, but she we was. The same city her parents lived in, because I went to LSU. Her parents lived in Baton Rouge, so okay. (laughs) 
The first few times we went out, we met up, you know, you meet up somewhere or whatever. I picked her up at her apartment. And then one time we were going somewhere, we were like, oh, can you pick me up at my, my folks' house so you can meet my parents? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, her father didn't look me in the eye. It was one of those things where she brought me into the living room. He was reading the newspaper, mm-hmm. and he didn't even look up from his newspaper. Wow. Dad, this is, this is Patrick, the boy I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, well, you'll be, be safe. Be home by 11. Wow. Like, okay. <laughs> Somebody oh. didn't look like everybody else. That's right. She was also like four foot ten and weighed maybe ninety pounds. So that might I would not love good... to see you stand next to her. Well, my my ex wife was five foot six and weighed hundred. Yeah, but that's pounds. a half a foot plus difference. Yeah, but like Ralphie May always says, when we stood next to each other, we looked like the number ten. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to do that for Halloween, but she was never game. You guys were the reverse of the uh, uh, the victims of any kind of crime in a trailer park. Normally, whenever you see that, it's like a really skinny guy, a little That's skinny, right. tiny little guy. Little bitty skinny guy. And a huge and you got, woman. And you got June from Honey Boo Boo uh, <laughs> next to him. You guys Hi, were the... All right, look. No, we you just were heard, the reverse of that. You sounded like a train coming through. I, yeah, it sounded just like a train. <laughs> And then, I was like, get in the bathroom, y'all, sugar bear. <laughs> I and so she got in the bathtub, and there was just no more, there plumb no more, more room. room. And so uh, I, what I did was uh, I went I went, and I, I jumped in the kitchen sink. And I just curled myself up, and that's in the left side. And uh, what left, we had one side. And, 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 and I curled myself up, and it came on over, and it was a blowing. It was blowing. And then all of a sudden... It, 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 everything was gone, but but but, but Honey Bear, but her Honey Bear was there, didn't move a bit. Oh man! And tornado it, didn't pick her up none at all. None nope. at she all. Was fine. She <laughs> was fine. That's just the that's just the God. The sad thing is, and there's so many families dealing with that this week. <laughs> I know. You know that's there's probably so, not funny. It's not funny. Too, too soon. Too soon. Um, but there's so many people dealing with that this week. I've uh, I've been fascinated with watching the YouTube videos. That people shoot uh, with their cell phones of the tornadoes passing like inches from them, or you know they're in the tornado itself. Uh, there's so many now because there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, that's right. That we are not only um, getting to watch it, but we're watching it, watching it through the victims' eyes, and you're you're seeing all these things, and it's just insane. The damage, the power, the kookiness of those tornadoes. And again, I know we were kidding a moment ago, but definitely thoughts and prayers going out to the victims and the families because that is... uh, It's a scary moment. Um, When I lived in Oklahoma City, uh, obviously it's a tornado alley, as they call it, Uh, we would have tornadoes that would come through and and they would get really close. They would get really close to to, to the house. And you can, when it gets so close, your ears pop. The pressure change? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, what's one of the signs that you you look for is it would just get it would just everything. The best way I can describe it is that nothing seems right. Everything in your body, you know, we are all wired, you know, like animals. We're all animals, okay? And animals know when to split; they can feel it. And you're around, you're in it, and all of a sudden, you're like your whole body screaming to get out of there mm-hmm. and you're fighting with your brain to say, no, we got to stay here because of X, Y, Z. I got to do this because this is, Oh, I, now I'm just being silly, but your primal person is going, 
you've got to go go now 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 yeah. now go 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 it's just the same feeling that like like women who who uh, are on an elevator and the door opens and there's a guy who's standing there to get on the elevator and it's just you, you. know instantly you that know. he's a bad guy you, you know, know you something get that bad. feeling and you're like this ain't right but because socially you can't get off of that floor mm-hmm. because it's not your floor socially you can't do that and make a scene because i so you stay there, and and you know what happens a lot of times, it's exactly what it was. He rapes her, abducts her, whatever. Yeah, and it took a dark turn. Well, well, well no, but it's, it may it's, save it's, someone's it's, life. It's good because it, how many times, Big D, do we run into people and instantly we know if they're a good person or if they're a bad person? I can, I can, I, I can feel it. Uh, yesterday, I can feel it. I was with uh, my bud Bob, and uh, we were having coffee, and this guy's walking down the street, and I'm telling you, every. Uh, he, I don't know what he was into. I don't know what he had on him, but it was nothing good. Really? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I tell you what, we went to this coffee place. This is this is creepy out. This coffee place, never been to it before. Open the door. I stepped one foot in it, and I knew that in this build, it was a there was a weird feeling in the in the building. And I could, I felt that there was like a, like an an, an Eastern, Eastern religion kind of very that kind of stuff, you know, uh-huh. going on. You're really afraid of anything that isn't you. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that you don't like things that aren't Big D. No, I don't. Partly is how I was raised. But I get in there, like when Brantley and Gilbert comes that's in. All they had, all they had was it was all that stuff. She was all into <laughs> Hinduism. She was into. Um, into all this uh, Eastern meditation. I'm totally open to all that. I, you know, I know what I believe in my heart and stuff. But I, I guess maybe it's from living in in that side of the world. But I, I'm fascinated by all that. I like. I mean, I've read so many books. Uh, you know, started. I started with that uh, the Tao of Pooh back when I was uh, like a teen. You ever read that? Uh, you talking about Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, it was Winnie the Pooh, and it was basically talking about Taoist beliefs as told through Winnie the Pooh stories. It was fantastic. And I read that kind of stuff, and, you know, you can see all that. And as a Christian, you can go, you know what? It helps you sometimes go, oh, this is what Jesus was talking about. I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, it's it's interesting seeing other What, what other was what Jesus was talking well, about? Well, just like some of the peaceful route, you know, just— Turn the other cheek and all that kind of there's stuff. There's a lot of there's a lot of there's Buddhism a lot of shared Jesus's teachings. There's a lot of shared lot teachings. Of you know, there's a lot of very you know. In the end, the good parts of all the religions are very similar. Be nice to each other, love each other. Yeah. God is love. It's not it's not super hard. People find weird stuff to make into all oh, goodness gracious. Yeah. There's so much. Yeah, and you know what? It's interesting because I think if more people realize that there are some good things that we all share, then maybe we can start there. But we can't get past the bad stuff. I mean, there's uh, there's things about certain people that I, I have a... It gives me the heebie-jeebies. I mean, I'm not going to say who, what, when, where, but I think, you know, everybody can kind of take it upon their own personal thing. And you know there are certain religions that kind of freak you out because you're intimidated by them, because you don't know. And I think if we started somewhere, maybe can we just all get along? Yeah, can we all just get along? I mean, yeah, I, I don't like what isn't necessarily me, but when it comes to that, I, I think there to me, my 
my religion is is based on the Bible, and the Bible says there is one way. And so I believe in that, and so I believe in, in well, there's that's, one way. That's not what I'm talking but about. But even I'm that, not how saying... many religions are based on the Bible that aren't your religion, like mine? I mean, they're so... You can interpret the Bible 500 different ways because there's 500 different sects of Christianity. So it's all, you know. Are there 500 different oh, Christians? really break it down, yes. Oh, you mean like denominations? Yes. Uh, probably at least. At least. Wow. At least. So. Yeah, I guess I kind of see that. I mean, Stacy and I, we, we, you know, I'm Baptist, she's Catholic, so we've always struggled with how to raise the kids. So we go to a multi-denominational church now, and it's just, you know, it's interesting because I'm exposed to things that I wouldn't normally have been exposed to. Like uh, we'll have an Episcopal uh, guest speaker one day, and then we'll have a Seventh-day Adventist will come in, and then we'll have a Catholic uh, priest come in. And it's just it's interesting to see all of that and, and experience that. Yeah, I went to a Catholic uh, mass um, with Kath's, Kathy's family and because they're all Catholic, and, and uh, it was it – was, uh, kind of awkward at first and then i i just kind of got to the point where i was like ah, you know what hey this is cool it's kind of to me it's kind of sterile but it's it's also very traditional right and, and so you know if you like the history of it and you kind of like we do this every time and we stand up this and we all recite that and then he says this and if you like that great and it was just kind of another way of seeing someone who is you know worshiping do it that way and and i didn't have any any I didn't have any problem with it at all. You know, I, I find interesting. Again, I it goes back to what Patrick said. There's a lot of good that is shared, and the the basic premises are, are pretty similar. Uh, you know, there's some fundamental differences in all religions, but I do appreciate the fact that someone has a god, and I, and I mean this not as a slight to an atheist at all. I just can't imagine that we're this little pebble floating around in space by accident. I know that sounds yeah. crazy. And a lot of people go, oh, it's, you're making yourself self-important. It, it's just the way things go, you big blob of carbon. But it's just crazy. I, I, and, and how many times whenever you, you're at the lowest point in your life, you know, who do you rely on if you're atheist? How do you, I mean, I know when I'm at the, those low points, I have to pray. I have to reach out because I have to feel like there's something bigger than me. And I, I just, you know, I can respect someone of another religion easier than I can somebody who is atheist. And by respect, I mean I can relate, not respect, relate to somebody of another religion easier than, than we're gonna I could have somebody who doesn't believe We're going to have this guy on the show, um, Amir Axel. Who is he? He wrote a book called Why Science Does Not Disprove God. So it's... His thing is he wrote this book because he kept hearing Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens, the famous atheists, say with so much assurance, so much confidence, well, science just basically proves God doesn't exist. Oh, dude. And it just drove him nuts. So this it's guy like, is a physicist and a mathematician, and his thing is, no, and here are all the reasons why. It doesn't prove anything. We have no proof we of have, anything. Yeah, exactly. So you, that's where faith comes in. That's why it's called faith. And the thing is, he is an agnostic, I believe. I don't think he really has any specific religion, but he is. He doesn't. But he just knows that he doesn't know. So it's one of those things. It's kind of, if you ever felt like, is this the guy from NPR who does that uh, Friday thing sometimes? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and Science that's, Friday that's, on NPR. That's an interesting. This is such a weird podcast for us. Yeah. That's such an interesting thing, though, because. 
like I love science. I love talking quantum physics. I love talking about quarks and, you know, multiverses and all that kind of crazy stuff. And I really believe that we're part of this thing, this God's plan. But on the other side, I'm also fascinated by the science side of it. And I, I don't argue science or with scientists about God or not. I, I like to just listen. And I love that show, uh, Cosmos. Have you guys watched the new The Reboot uh-uh. with uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson? It's phenomenal. It's so well done. But all And I, I get angry. As much as I love the show, I hate it twice as much because all they do is belittle not just Christians, but believers of any religion. Uh, you know, they'll be talking about this and that, and they'll go, and of course, there are some people who believe there is a God. <laughs> and then they go into something else. And I'm like, you know, you didn't have to do that. Yeah. You didn't have to interject your crap into this beautiful show. Yeah. Because it is, it's a be- I get so enraged. I'm like, you know, how dare you laugh at me for that? Uh, I, You know, I, I don't laugh at you for not believing. Respect each other. So that's coming up uh, next okay. week. That'll be an inter- That'll be, that'll be a very interesting uh, conversation. And, and the fact that he's agnostic and he's saying that science doesn't disprove God, I think, is uh, pretty important. I'm glad you booked him, Patrick. Oh, you're welcome. Well, I think this podcast is way too deep. This is a <laughs> yeah. This is a verge. Can we talk about somebody tell fluffy? a belly joke or something? Seriously, we did that earlier. Remember oh, yeah, the whole? Right. I walked Shoot. in. He called me Buddha. I think that's how yeah. we got started on the on yeah. this. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. Again, thank you to Red Wing Shoes for being a uh, sponsor with us. Uh, you guys have been fantastic. Absolutely love my Red Wing boots. You are awesome. This was the podcast, but now it's over. But that's okay, because you can listen to the regular show on the radio every day. It was the podcast. <laughs>